first player guest we've had on NCR in a while, and it makes for a great show. Nick Kyrgios, who has been one of the most fascinating and divisive players in tennis this century, joins me here to finally publicly go beyond our many well-documented Twitter exchanges to sit down and have what turned into probably the most remarkable interview that I can remember doing certainly on this show and very possibly in my career. Uh, Nick does not hold back at all, whether talking about himself or others, and he has a lot to say about a lot of different things, a lot of different people. You'll like parts of it, you'll like, you'll dislike parts of it, you'll agree with parts of it, you'll disagree with parts of it, but I promise you will hear a player talk like you've never heard a tennis player talk before. So with all that, enjoy, and here is me and Nick yesterday at the Foro Italico in Rome. Ciao. I'm coming. I feel like we're finally doing whatever it is we're about to do. Um, I'll start with that. Like There was a, head, uh, a Deadspin article, I think, last year during US Open about us that said, like, and the headline was, like, Nick Kyrgios can't stop beefing with tennis writer Ben Rothenberg. And I'm curious, like, were we beefing? Are we beefing? We're not beefing. Are we going to stop beefing? Uh, half the time when I'm writing these tweets, I'm in my bed laughing, like... <laughs> I'm just trolling anyways. Like, I mean, you see me at the courts anyway, you know that I'm probably not even serious. But, yeah. I mean, I just have fun on Twitter. Like, I knew, I know that I can literally write anything and it's just going to blow up. So I kind of just have a little bit of fun with it. Like, yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, every time, <laughs> every time it happens, there's, like, some, like, Australian news. Yeah, it's a joke. article about it. And it's, like, and, and people come up to me. I even had, like, like Dylan Alcott, you know. He, I, was, I, was, I was doing a story on him at the Australian Open. Or not, uh, even when I met him at US Open last year. Yeah. He was like, oh, I hope this will be okay with Nick. Cause I know you two like, don't get along. I was like, it's fine. Dude, like, there's nothing It's like there. two or three tweets on Twitter. Like, but that's, that's, that's the age we live in, just social media. What happens on social media is what happens everywhere. So. Well, I appreciate you being an avid follower of mine. Because like, <laughs> cool. you're always in my mentions. I never started. It's always you. So I appreciate that, <laughs> first of all. And, yeah, you know, I stalk you like crazy. I know, but, I, but I, I, appreciate, I, appreciate, right I appreciate that you care. I mean, like, because a lot of players... <laughs> to be fair, I do well, follow I, a lot of people who retweet your stuff. Okay, so, so it's not always direct. No, no, I'm just okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so um, you seem like you're in a good mood. I mean, you drew a happy face on the camera. If you won today, this is, we're recording this after you beat Medvedev in Rome. So what, what, what you feeling happy now? And what, what makes you happy in life? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I mean, it was a good performance today. He's been playing um, some pretty good tennis, but... Yeah. I mean, a lot of things went. I didn't really warm up before my match. Um, yeah, you, I heard you say you like you like slept in, <laughs> well, like and like didn't miss your yeah, alarm or like, something. Yeah, like well, my trainer Ash Ashcon, he's more like my caretaker. Um, I missed my alarm and I fully. I missed my alarm. I was gonna sleep through probably the match, and he was banging on my door. So, I said to John this morning, you know, I need I need to give him my prize money for today because I, I literally would have missed my match. Like if it was I was if I was on my own here, I was no chance I'm making the match. So. I wrote a smiley face just to make it, I guess. So. No, there you it go. That's pretty, it's pretty good effort to, from asleep to, to winning. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, you, a couple other things I noticed in this match, because I was just prepping for what we can talk about. Yep. Your basketball shoes you bring on the court. Like, I, I, first time I noticed you do this, obviously, was in Cincy when you forgot your regular shoes and came out and didn't have shoes against Kudla, I think. But I'm curious, like, here, like, why are you wearing the basketball shoes on court when they're just going to get dirty? Yeah, well, like on clay court, it just seems not smart. Yeah, I mean, that's for someone who seems to appreciate shoes, like I'm guessing you do. For sure, it's half yeah. the reason why I don't like clay, because you know my shoes, all that sort of stuff gets yeah. dirty. But it's like a, it's like a, it's a thing I've been doing since I was a little kid. You know, I used to walk on there with my, a different shoe, and then I just can't, I can't walk onto the court with my tennis shoes on. It just doesn't happen. Um, 
do you need to show that like you're not a tennis player outside the court? Is nope. that what it is? It, feel, it feels like you're saying like I only am in the tennis mode for like these exact moments I'm on court, and as soon as match points over, my, sho- my shoes and myself are in some other place. I guess I guess that's what sort of stuff it's like is. Symbolic. It's there. an indication yeah. to you know to get a, a sense of what the guy's personality is like and yeah. what people like. But um, again, like I actually don't find tennis shoes that comfortable. Okay. Um, so I don't like walking around in them and then going on the court. But um, just something. It's probably one of the only routines I have to be honest. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm, I'll, that's why I don't like clay. Like my, 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 all my Jordans get dirty, um, and I mean, who does like clay? Let's be honest. You, I think you said something. I heard Mike speak up. I didn't hear it directly, but you said something like, "It's like a slow court for people with like no hands or no talent or something like that." You said that, right? <laughs> Did I? It's something. Did I? Yeah, I think that's a yeah. yeah. No, nah, but like fair enough. Like I, I just think like I think on like hard court, you know, you can you know if you get pushed back, you can take it on the half volley. You can kind of show you know if you got yeah. good hands, you don't have to give up court position. But on this surface, I feel like. I actually feel like the rallies are less creative. I feel like the guys who just can sit back and, and kind of grind, you know, it gives them a lot. Ten meters behind the baseline. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's the less creative surface out of all three. I think on grass, you got to show how good your hands are. You serve and return. Like it's pure tennis, you know, for me. But yeah. again, it's a massive part of the year. I'm gonna have to learn to love it some, somehow. You uh, you started off today with uh, last thing about today. I think is the underhand serve first point, which is bold. And you made it, so you're batting a thousand on those. That's baseball, and if you know that, but like you're getting 100 percent of them early on. And just like what, what kind of tone do you think you set in a match when you hit an underhand serve first point? What do you well, think Medvedev thinks at that point? Well, I think he goes out there from the get-go knowing that anything anything can happen. I mean, his coach for sure would have informed yeah. informed him. But again, like he's standing six, seven meters behind the baseline, so I actually don't think it's a bad play. No, you won the point. <laughs> you said it was a percentage <laughs> yeah, play. It was there. a percentage play, but yeah. um, it was more of a joke. I told the physios that I was going to hit an underhand serve first point, and I yeah. told TFO, and I was like, well, I can't say it not do it so that was it and then it was successful and I, I was like today's the day you've been an absolute trendsetter in this year I, since I think the one against the dollars first time I remember you doing this year I don't know if that was the first one you did in Acapulco and then like everybody's been trying them with like very different degrees of success like challengers to futures WTA ATP like I've never seen like a fad in <laughs> tennis it's like people are doing like I don't know you're too young oh, young for the Macarena but it feels like that like everyone's suddenly doing underarm arm, arm serves and it's like the cool thing to do now I just kind of feel like no one really wants to do anything like out of line in this sport like yeah. they, they obviously they see one person doing it and they're like oh like it's not bad if I do it you know kind of thing like no one wants to be the first person to do it but I actually did it against Nadal and Akbor because my legs were tired like I was just like literally like feeling like fatigued and he was so far behind the base and I was like I don't want to play another point yeah. so I just tried to bring him forward but I missed and then like when I saw that video on Twitter like everyone doing it from all the levels and then there's me dancing in the end it's like hilarious like, <laughs> double fault he does good stuff yeah it's actually yeah. like I feel like it's actually a good play like sometimes like it throws him off like yeah. it gets him thinking something different I said that sure. when you did it against Nadal I was saying for years when Nadal's standing where you can't even see him on TV yeah, like, to return I'm, serve and it's like he yeah. neutralizes the big service yeah. so easily so yeah bring him forward where he's not comfortable yeah. for sure you gotta, he gives up that part of the core exactly 100% you, men, you mentioned doing you know being willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do and I'm, I, that came into like sharper relief for me during Miami this year uh, after the Kerber and Drescu match when you when Kerber you know called her the biggest drama queen ever at the net and you and she put up like a nice photo the next day being like great match against Bianca you know what, I don't remember exactly what she said yeah, but it was, something, it was something completely disingenuous I'm or completely just... not what it was but you were the one who called her out and that's when it got to me. It's like, this isn't even your tour. But you're still the only person. Like, you have to, like, speak for two tours worth of people who are staying quiet in this in, in this world right now. Yeah, I just and I appreciate like... that because, like, everyone's thinking these things. <laughs> but you're the only one saying them in a way which can be bad sometimes, obviously. But, like, in the right doses, and most of the time, it's honesty is the best policy. For sure. But, like, I just feel like, in this sport in particular, like, everyone just respects everyone, you know? Like, for instance, when I would, like, walk out on the court against Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, or any of these guys like I don't understand why I have to respect them like automatically yeah. like do you know what I mean like all they do is like 
all they do is literally hit a ball over the net. Like, yeah, yeah like the things they do off court, like the Federer, like, he's, you know, obviously he's doing unbelievable things. Like, off the court, he's an absolute champion. You know, he's yeah. giving people, you know, he's creating lives for people. But on the court, like, I don't understand why I have to, like, all of a sudden give him respect. And yeah. then I just feel like that day, like, Kerber, like, literally told Andreescu at the net, like, you're the biggest drama king ever. And then next, like, you're posting, like, it was later that day. It was like, great win, like, fully deserved, like, and I'm just like, please, like, if you don't like someone, just tell them you don't like someone. Like, yeah. don't create, like, this, like, fake respect, like, in the player cafe, like, all this stuff. Like, I would actually prefer it if there were more, like, rivalries and stuff. I think it's good yeah. for the sport. More like, aggro. Yeah. For sure. Like, if everyone likes everyone, it's not, it's no fun, like. People can sense authenticity in the sport. For sure. And, like, that's, like, some people come to sports, I think, for sort of real, real things, like, real stakes, real moments, real people, you know, going all out to do stuff. And, yeah, when people are, you can tell when it's, when it's not real. For sure, but I, I was just laughing when I saw a post. Yeah. I was like. You literally just called her the biggest drama queen ever, and then you just like suck me up to it. I was like, uh, I, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I was having none of it. Even if, even if it is on the WTA tour, like these people I see, like yeah. literally week to week, more than my family. So, so you, you mentioned the uh, the you, you against the big three, and like, and the numbers bear that out. Like, I don't know if you, there was this tweet I saw, I and mean, you're good at finding good tweets about you. Yeah. But <laughs> but I don't know if you saw this one that was like, uh, yeah, the record. That's the record, record. Like you were like 500 against the the. Six and six against the top. I'm glad three. Murray wasn't in there though. Yeah, well, exactly, because yeah. So Murray, <laughs> Murray was Murray ticked on your numbers for sure. But like the rest, like nobody, like all time, like you know that went that number went back to like Hewitt and Roddick and all these people who were previous generation. And you are pretty on. I think team is second now because he's gotten yeah. a few wins lately against yeah. them. Um, but you're first, and I'm just curious. Like like you said, I mean, your match against Nadal was the first time you played in Wimbledon. Was the first time you played one of them, and it reminded me a little bit. But it was more striking a couple years earlier when Rosal beat him. Yeah. Because I think Rosal was the first guy I'd seen who like really did not give a fuck about yeah. like who was across the net and was happy to like do his own game and like not respect Rafa's rituals and not give him any deference and stuff sure. like that. And 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 you followed that and and, and I'm just curious if that was automatic to you if that's something you had to sort of tell yourself, like hey like don't go out there and and take a knee to these or bow down to these guys. Or if, or if it was just something, if it was innate or get the sort of like conscious effort to do that? Well, first of all, I was just happy to be on the court. You know, it was fourth round. It was like my first like Grand Slam kind of push. And then yeah. when I like held easy first game, I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to happen again. But I mean, I was never going to go out there thinking I couldn't win. Like I knew grass was my best surface. I knew what my game plan was. But again, I was so fearless. Like when you're young, like all these guys that are coming up now, like Felix, like all these young guys, like no one really knows how they play yet. And no one really knows like how to get under their skin and all that sort of stuff. But they play with such confidence, like they don't really care who's down the other end, you know, yeah. they'll just play their game. But again, like, that was just, I just did my thing and I got a couple wins and as, actually as soon as I beat him there, I felt like I could beat anyone, to be honest. That yeah. was like the, the one win that just like kind of set everything up. That's pretty me. early on too. I mean, you were still like outside top 100 then. Yeah, I think I was yeah. one like 40 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I lost to J.P. Smith in Challenger the week before, so. Yeah. So big up. But that's, so that's the thing, like, because that's the kind of thing you will do. I remember you saying this. No, I'm consistent. In, in, yeah, you're consistently like, it kind of predictable in that way though, because like, I remember you saying this in. Cincinnati, I think you, I don't know if you're going to beat Nadal, but you were like, hey, I can go beat Nadal here, but then I'll like lose to like Nicholas Kicker and Nice or wherever it was. That was a good match. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not a good match. But, uh, but you know, just like you, I remember you saying this in Acapulco too, when you saw the draw. Yeah. When you beat Seppi, I think, first round, yeah. you were like, I saw the draw and I got to play Nadal second. Yeah. So that's when I like switched on for this tournament. Yeah. And I guess the obvious question then is like, could you do that all the time? No chance. No, I mean, I, I just... I feel like actually like I respect the guys who go out there every day and just like yeah. do their best yeah. and grind like it's actually I think that's a talent in itself to just show up every day and be like the best yeah. tennis player you can be like that's if I had that Jesus I'd probably have a couple grand slams already but but that's uh I don't think I just don't think that's my personality like I just don't think I'll be ever be like that yeah but. 
have people tried to get you to be that or do people you think and people it's a vague term but like people in your team people sitting right here your agent or whoever like is, or is that something that people understand that you're just going to be able to turn it on and, and have it be turned off whether consciously or unconsciously well I am kind of waiting for that day when I try and turn the tap on and nothing comes out but I feel like I've still got like four or five years left of just kind of doing my own thing and <laughs> as bad as it sounds turning the tap on when, when I can but I mean it's pretty good to be able to turn the tap on and beat like Nadal at will that's not bad I mean it's not at will but like I will I'll put up a good fight you yeah. know I got I got dosed by him in Beijing in the final as well but I mean again like I just I just want to like have fun at, at the end of the day that's all that's all I want to do so what, what's most and least fun about about your job I feel like the travel I mean for me like I just love being home I love being in Canberra with my friends and just having the same routine like I'll go to the same cafe get a nice coffee like play basketball like I'll just have like the most simplest lifestyle but like you know travel for me like being away from home like I was away for six months last year and I was just like I was just doing some like this this sport has taken me to dark places that like I thought I'd never go down but you know like just trying to find what works like I'm still trying like to this day we've spoken to John like my family like what works like I'm playing a really tiny schedule now literally playing like the mandatory events so you know I'm still trying to find like find the solution what is the dark place the tennis takes you to uh, I don't know if you want to I don't know if you want to talk about it I'm ready if you, if you, if yeah you're ready. I don't know if I I'm, want to share that right now because no? if my like if my parents listen to this then nah, they're going to disown me for sure okay we'll, we'll leave, that, <laughs> leave that for the next one yeah um, <laughs> maybe in a couple of years give your parents a heads up that it's coming <laughs> and, then we'll, and we'll do it but um, yeah I mean that's the thing like I think you've been open about the sort of you know mental health side of the sport too and like it's an individual sport you don't have built in support from teammates or whatever and you have to go out there every day on your own and you can't no one can sub for you that day you can't take a night off or whatever unless you pull out of a tournament and then get no points or whatever yeah. um, I guess like how did you always know that coming in when you were growing up in the sport and being like a great junior that it was going to be this this sport was going to ask this much of you to try to get where you wanted to get well honestly when I was young I didn't really think about like what the tour would be like if I'd ever made it or anything like that I think I won a challenger when I was really young and I kind of saw the list of people that had won a challenger by that age and I was like wow like that kind of put in perspective that I was actually doing like some pretty like cool things in the sport and then when I finally got here it was just like it happened so fast to me like it happened yeah. literally in like span of six months and then, I don't know, like, the, the whole team environment for me, like, is massive. Like, I love team sports, obviously basketball, but, like, it's so hard to find people that just want to, like, hang out on a daily basis and just, like, be so chilled and not take it so seriously. Maybe, like, everyone's so professional. Like, compared to me, like, for sure, like, I do the least, like, amount of work at the top 100. Like, I figured yeah. that out the other day when Bernard Tomic was literally doing more than me before <laughs> our doubles. Like, he was hitting more. He went to the gym, and I was just like, wow, like, this is literally, like, where I was. Like, I never thought I'd be... Like, if comic looks like hustle, yeah. And literally, like when I was just watching, I was like, wow, like I've literally become like the laziest, or not the laziest, but like just the person who does the least amount of work on the tour. And like, yeah. in a way, like I never wanted that, and that's not how I'm trying to be. I guess it's just who I am, and I just wanted like not take it so seriously. Like at the end of the day, it's just tennis, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like everyone's like, I mean, it's their life, and I'm not saying that's a bad way to take it, but it's just how it is. I mean, you know, obviously, like your attitude to, towards it, I think it's been pretty consistent and pretty honest about it. You've been like super revealing in a lot of press conference after losses and super self-critical and stuff like that. There are people who rip you for that, who, who say, you know, this is not the kind of values we want in an athlete in a sportsman. It's not like being a role model. They sort of openly have, you know, up and down efforts and things like that. And I'm, when, I guess when did you first encounter that, the people that you sensed that people were sort of uh, rejecting or having a problem with what you would consider like you being yourself in that way? Like when did you first like feel like, oh, wait, this is, I'm running up against something here? Um, I guess. Is there a moment? I guess it kind of happened gradually over time when obviously when I started throwing in like some pretty poor performances or just like behavioral issues 
Um, well, I don't call them issues, but you know, others. What do you call? Others them? Do. I mean, I just I feel like it's just normal behavior. Like okay. I'm a human. Like I'm not always gonna act like yeah. how I should act. Like people have bad days at work, whatever you want to yeah. call it. But I don't know. Like now I know that no matter what I do, there's always gonna be someone that won't like it. But I mean. I just feel like I almost have too much perspective at times. Like, even if I, if I lose, like, I'm just like, look, like, I lost. Like, it, it's like, the world's not going to stop spinning because I lost a tennis match, you know? Like, I understand, like, a lot of work goes into me being here and a lot of people have sacrificed. But, like, at the end of the day, like, we're so, every single person in this cafe, like, behind us is, like, so lucky to even be here. Like, yeah. I don't even know why we, like, put so much emphasis on, like, literally hitting a ball over the net. Like, I don't. Yeah. I saw, like, I'm in a press conference. They're like, are you okay? Like, how's everything today? I'm like, I'm actually great. Like there are people like with no water like right now. Like I'm actually feeling quite quite good. Yeah. Like no, you know? it's something it's something like normal co-host on this podcast, Courtney, and I talk about like being normal in tennis and having that. It's not always an advantage. It's not. No. It's not like at all. knowing having perspective and being like, oh, it's just a match. Like that can. Because once you're like sort of smart enough or like have that perspective to realize that For it sure. can it can sometimes you need sometimes you kind of need to have that sort of tunnel vision that artificial like importance on it or feel like everything is life or death 100%. and some cha- some champions are like that some are less like that but yeah. like it certainly seems like yeah the more perspective is not always good but i guess at the same time you you don't seem to fight perspective either you're not trying to trick yourself into thinking that something's no, for sure. bigger than it is or more you know serious than it is yeah again like sometimes i wish i could be like you know putting hours on the court or like yeah. but i just i guess i kind of just this is what this is how i am now like over time this is just how I've, started to think and like I can't uh, now I just can't change it like there was a particular moment when I when I lost my grand like grandmother like when I was after Wimbledon when I made that run like and then ever since then I kind of had like this perspective like man like I would have seen her so much more if I hadn't been playing you know what I mean like traveling and like towards the end like she would like was like loving it if I just made a phone call like imagine all the times I would have been there if I was actually there not playing and then it kind of just like kind of came to reality like this is just like it doesn't really mean anything in the the perspective so that's it is that, is that something that, how do you balance that with like still trying to be quote unquote professional? Like, because that, that, those are, those are like things that are like at odds. And obviously you're still an elite world-class top player who can, you know, beat anybody. As you say, when you switch, or can at least get a good shot of beating anybody when you switch it on. But how do you sort of manage like the, the switch? Like where, where do you, when do you know when to shut it down, when to turn it on? Well, sometimes I don't know. And, and sometimes I, I'm just fortunate enough to go out there and still be able to put in a good performance. But I try and have good people around me that, that kind of keep me on track. Like, I've had guys like Matt Reed. Obviously, yeah. Ash is my trainer, but he's kind of been weeks where, you know, I've, I've wanted to... I would have... If, if these guys aren't here, like, say, John's not here, like, I'm probably, like... Like, literally, like, I'll be going out, like, every night, like, you know, just doing all these things to kind of yeah. keep my mind off, off whatever, just being away from home. But I try and keep some guys around me that keep me on track, but it's not easy. Were you going out in Acapulco as much as it sounded like when you're making the final? Because like they've like that. I went out every night. Yeah. Like if we. Like if how like, hard are you going out in the, on these nights? After? Like my average sleep, like my average like hours of sleep I would have got was maybe like, I was getting like seven or eight, but I was probably going to sleep at like four thirty a.m. on average. Yeah. Like I was playing literally. There was play the parties on the resort and like. Yeah. At that time, like. I mean, I have to go. Like, I feel like I'm doing the t- tournament like a disservice if I'm not going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but like, the I bartenders mean, are getting tipped if you're not going. But yeah. like, yeah, but like, I was playing and then like everyone was going out and I just felt like, I mean, if we had a GoPro, I literally could have made a movie that week. Like, it was like insane. Like, I was playing and like I was packing my going out clothes in my tennis bag. Like, no word <laughs> of a lie. Like, I wouldn't bring a change of shirt. It was my like my flannel, my jeans, and my Jordans. And like, my physio was like, "You want physio?" Like, "Nah, don't worry about it. Like, I'll see you out." And like. It was insane. Like I was jet skiing, partying, and like I won the tournament. I'm like, 
I'm just like how you know what I mean like when I put like work on the court like sometimes I like lose first round what do you, what do you think when those guys who you know you say you admire who are the grinding type guys see you going out every night in Acapulco and winning a 500 tournament that week I mean like how does that I mean have you ever thought about it from the outside like how it, how it adds up for someone else who doesn't have it as I don't want to say easy but doesn't can't can't get away with that I, I don't know what they're thinking they probably don't like it but like like the players the official players party it was like an all white party first of all I dressed in all black and I got absolutely hammered. Like, and I was like hammered in front of all these people. And then like, I don't know, I just somehow just was playing unbelievable that week. I don't know if it was just like, it was just like the line, like the stars aligned or something, but I just don't know what was going on that week, to be honest. No. I was having a lot of fun. It was, I mean, you had a lot of good wins that week for sure. I think you beat Stan that week? Yeah, it was is that right? Rafa, Stan, Isner, and then Zara. That's pretty good. Well, it was good. a pretty good week. Um, good week. Stan, to go back a little bit to something you said earlier, or I said earlier about the speaking out, like Stan broke, I don't know if you saw this thing, he wrote about, sort of about ATP politics stuff, but it was more about just like wishing players had a voice more and players were more willing to speak out on social media, which he eventually did about the whole Gimel stop situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he was one of the very few to do that. Um, and I guess, and it's the thing on both tours, and... NBA, I feel like people are getting more activists and you obviously follow NBA For a lot sure. too and people are using their platforms and their voices a lot in NBA in the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, but in tennis, it's been very little, especially considering tennis have like origins, you know, I, I don't know if you know how much you know about this history stuff, but like Arthur Ashe, Billie Jean King, who are like super outspoken people who yeah. use their symbolic, you know, platform they got from tennis to sort of, for, sure. for a message. And I'm curious if you think there's like, People are missing opportunities to do that. I'm sort of feeding you this question. But Big like, time. Yeah, I, but, I feel yeah. for sure. Like we yeah. have such a, like with social media the way it is now, like, I mean, I've got like a million plus followers on Instagram. So like, I feel like I can kind of use my platform to, to not only just like, like inspire people to play, but just actually share messages that I feel like need to be like noticed or like we need to focus on more. But for sure, what Stan did's good. Like I think when more people speak out, like it brings people like, I, I feel like people just think like we have to keep the people watching, like make sure they're happy. But it's about bringing like new people into the sport that like the sport's going to continue to grow like that. Like that's why I know like people might not like me, but like, it's bringing other people that may not watch tennis like hey this sport's actually not bad and then like it grows like yeah. and i feel like if people did this more often there was more rivalries and more people with more character and personality which there are like there's a lot of people in there that I actually like like but people do don't like? even know them like for instance like i mean tfo is a bad example because he actually does what he wants to do yeah. like but just in general like i feel like people just need to just do their own thing a bit more like i feel like they have, kind of have their own team and that's it like they don't like talk to anyone else they don't like speak about these type of things like I feel like we could do some cool like I could like collaborate with like some players in there and do some cool things but like no one wants to like kind of like because it's not a team sport we're all competitors we eat next to each other like I'm showering next to these people naked like <laughs> they're like afraid to like speak to me do you know what I mean and it's in like in the shower particularly well not in the okay. shower particularly okay. like well, we can speak like about size and stuff like that. <laughs> but like you know what I mean like it's like they have their own team and that's it so so I mean so speaking collaborating like uh I was going to ask about him later, but I'll ask about him now. Like, with, like, the one person I think of who could be open to collaboration is Tsitsipas for his vlogs. And, like, and he's, he's, like, and he's just, like, yeah. He hasn't even been around for long. And he's, no. like, his following is huge, obviously, because, like, the Greek support in Melbourne that he had was awesome. But, like, like, look, we couldn't be any different, but, like, he's, like, doing his own thing. Like, he's speaking about, like, what he wants to speak about. And he's, like, at the end of the day, he's actually pretty interesting. Like, I just laugh at some of the stuff he posts. Like, I'll never watch one of his vlogs. Like, I saw him here one year, like, setting up his tripod like at like 9am like videoing trains I was like dude this guy is like something's not right here <laughs> but like he's an uh, unbelievable tennis player he does his own thing you know and I think it's cool like but, 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 you know, but I, I mean I, I hear that but like you're saying I still I feel like the reaction to him from other guys because other guys have sort of given him shit too when he's like you know tweeted weird stuff like it makes it hard it feels like it's hard to be different though 
Like it's you know, and you have that experience too. Like, True, but to he did like too. he did like a half full like he had like a half naked picture on Twitter. Like, that's just, that's not normal though. Like well, he was just I, like it's okay. Who's to say what's normal though? I mean, I yeah, you're telling me that exactly. But so I'm just saying, I would think you would understand yeah, that like, of all people. I, I know, but there's also like a level of like coolness in which way, like, way you pose. Like you don't post like a half naked picture and say like I like myself better naked, bro. Like that's like <laughs> too much. Like you gotta like be like half swaggy when you do it. Like. But like he's cool. Like I would, for instance, like I would love to play doubles with him. Like I think it'd be cool. It'd be it. insane. Yeah, but I, I'm just like scared to talk to the guy so because like he's like so like he's so zoned in. Like he's probably like focused about his match and stuff. Like I don't want to be a bad influence as well. That's that's my thing. Like I don't want to like be seen to be a bad so, influence. So I don't know if you knew this. So you've never so you've never seen his videos. No. We tweeted the, you responded to the one like montage I did. But yeah, yeah but I just yeah. But there was one he did um, that was like a, it was called Be a Rebel. And it was like this like montage of people he like looked up to who were like rebellious. It was like Steve Jobs and like a few other people, but you were in there. Yeah. You were one of the people in there in his like sort of like people he looked up to for being like cool and different. So I think he would be I would I think love to play that with him. You should do it. Let's, let's make pick a tournament. Yeah, but when? What? He's always going deep in singles these days. I know he play, he plays every week. So Yeah, like, but I don't. Yeah, and when okay, I play so like I might like lose first round. He doesn't want to play he doesn't want to play. Final week. We'll say like I don't know, like Canada. Queen. Queen? I'm playing with um I'm playing with Tifo. It's tough, okay, well, but I'm sure I'll find. It. I would love it, and he's he's solid as well. Yeah, he's good. He good made player. like a final of money, whatever. Yeah, so if you're listening, Steph, open invitation from Nick. Sure, I'm down. Just making dreams come true. But right? like, look up, like look up in the locker room and say hello first. Like, let's start there, and then we can maybe have a. You conversation. can sort of go under him, just say like hello, you know. I've stopped people in the hallway. Like they're like so zoned in, or like they think they're like important because they like decent at tennis. Like I literally like step in front, like hey man, like you good? Like you want to say hello? Like it's what normal people do, but. I don't know. How, how much is that, like, how, with you guys all being in here and kind of earning your way in independently, everyone has to earn their spot in, the, in this on this tour with your results, but, like, how much, when there's somebody new who shows up, like, how do you get to know them? Like, how do you get to, like, you know, see if you like somebody or not somebody, or they're just, you know, some guy just won a couple challengers, who just came up, I don't know, from, like, 400 to 100 in a month or so, or a couple months, and he's there, and just, like, how do you get a feel for this guy? What, what, do you, what is the sort of, like, how, do you, how does someone break in to even just sort of, like, more social side of it, I guess, or if there's sort of an outsider like Tsitsipas, not to use him specifically, but someone who, you know, is from a country, not a lot of other players, stuff like that. Well, he, he kind of does his own thing. Like, he's not so, like, well, first, like, I feel like I've bonded with a lot of people on nights out. Like, okay. like, like I'm being honest. Like, yeah. Or, like, for instance, one year here, I was playing, like, video games in the lobby, like FIFA, and then, like, everyone, like, kind of came in, and, like, I feel like you just bond, like, just random, like, type things happening on tour because okay. you not, might not always see these people, but with, like, Tsitsipas, for instance, like, he's doing his own thing, his head down, like, he's very okay. business-like, so it's hard to kind of... He's maybe an extreme example exactly. of this, I guess. Okay. But, for instance, like, for instance, the way I met Fo, like, he was playing juniors and I was playing, like, I was about to play my fourth round, I walked into the locker room and I heard this, like, loud laugh and I was like, geez, like, the juniors are here, like, <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. And I walk in there and I'm like, this guy's, like, real happy and I'm like, eh, like, this guy doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> I sat next to him and, like, literally ever since then, like, we've been, like, extremely close. I guess you just click with these people, but... Yeah, that's what happens with people. Yeah. Exactly, but it happens. But, like, with Felix, I hit with him one year at Wimbledon, like, when he was a junior and, like, you know, I just... I get, like, a feel of him on the change of hands, like, how they kind of are, but with Tizibaz, it's hard to break him down, like he's tough like uh, I, I don't know if I've tried enough tried hard enough but you know he's doing his own thing he's doing well but he'll be here a while keep exactly. time yeah but I might not be ah well <laughs> I mean do you, do you think about that do you think like you, do you have like a can you I know like people some people say this I, I know the Williams has said this early in their careers and they were like 19, 20 years old like oh we're gonna only play for a few more years and we'll retire and they're still here they're playing here tomorrow in Rome 
21 years after they first played each other here. Like, they've been around forever. And yeah, so, I, I, I mean, so I, don't, I mean, what, do you have, like, an exit strategy from tennis? Like, it's a different way to put that. Well, I don't have an exit strategy, but, I mean, at this rate, like, I play so much basketball as well. Like, my body is no chance it's going to last, one. Um, I, I, I mean, I think if I maybe enjoyed the sport a bit more, I would love to play. Like, I would love to have the longevity of, say, Rafa or Roger or something like this, but there's no chance my body's lasting, one. I don't look after it enough. Okay, but, okay, you say you don't enjoy the sport. But like you hit like underhand, underhand serves and like giggle all the way to the next point. Like yeah, because I, I'm taking like, I'm taking like I'm taking the absolute piss take out of the sport though. Right, but you can but you do yeah, that. But you, like, but you I can, don't know if that's loving but, the sport. But you like figured out a way to like hack it, like you know hack like a computer program to like break the sport in a way that makes it fun for you. Yeah, but then I get shredded everywhere. But you don't seem to mind that. Do you, do you mind the getting shredded? Like, you seem to you know, relish I don't that like, part I don't like, too. I don't like waking up. And, yeah, I don't like waking up every day and like like oh this guy's a waste of talent. Like you know there's like there's a limit that I can take with that stuff. You know, but okay. Um, I know what you mean though, but I don't know if like, uh, like for me, like basketball is on meditation. Like it's a sport that I love. I can yeah. do it all day. Like tennis, like I'm lucky to be able to practice for 45 minutes without something going wrong. Do you feel, I mean, like more like philosophically, or I don't know what, what where, where the word is for this question, but do you feel like you're like intentionally like afraid to give a full effort in tennis? Like if you, if you, when people, one, one thing I've heard people guess about you or other athletes is like you're maybe afraid that if you gave a full effort and then didn't win the Grand Slam that it would show like more clearly that you were never good enough to do that and, and if you're like intentionally sort of holding yourself back in some way so you always have the excuse you know for sure I mean I think there's an element of that but at the same time like I mean I when I was 19 at Wimbledon I was at the quarterfinals I was giving my full effort and that was probably literally since that day was probably my best chance of winning a Grand Slam like wow. I had a good draw like I played Rainich when he yeah. wasn't like maybe as good as he like has been I was up a center break and I was playing and then to play like Roger when his back was a little bit like yeah so like that was probably my best chance but ever since then I haven't really like I've I've gone to the fourth round quarters and, and run into maybe Murray or someone that's just been too good like I literally can't win like even if I was ticking all the boxes like I wouldn't have been able to win it was just in their prime but now like I don't know if like I, I know like deep down like I've had conversations with myself like is it just like is it a front? But like winning a Grand Slam or winning tennis matches to me, like don't, they don't make me happy. You know, yeah. like for instance today, like as soon as I won the match, like I was just like, happy to get off the court, like literally, like get some food. I hadn't eaten all day. Like you just woken up like 50 minutes exactly, earlier. Exactly. Like yeah. that's what I mean. Like <laughs> they, these things don't they don't make me happy. You know, yeah. like I've like I thought when I was young it would have been cool to have all this like the fame, like the money, like all this sort of stuff. But dude, it's not making me happy at all. Like I just want to be home. Like I just want to be like doing like low key things. You know. Yeah. So what are like low key? What are the first things you do when you get home? Like I literally go to the same spot every day. Like I'll What's just that? get an iced coffee and like shoot hoops and like just hang out with my mates and that's it. Play computer games. Like literally the most like unprofessional life ever. <laughs> like I'm a bum when I'm back home. I don't do anything. And you're changing tires too, so that's nice. Or helping whatever car push that was. I mean, I feel like that's normal though. Like yeah, I, I agree that was normal behavior too. Like, like I, if you that, see that's also thing a car. I hate. Like I hate like why that stuff gets noticed. Like I don't yeah. like that. You know, it's like you did retweet it though. Okay, but like it was cool. It I was, saw that you were like, no one should notice, but then you quote tweeted. But like, it. So it was, I was like, quote, it's, yeah. it was funny because it was just like the article wasn't true. One, it was just like he drove off and he's like, I was literally just driving and I saw two people like on the road and I was like, like they can't push the car. Like I feel like that's normal, you know? Okay. Anyways, that's fair. Um, hilarious. Other other sort of I don't know. We segue this is you've practiced with a couple. WCA players this year, which seems to be like more guys are doing that this year. I've noticed. Yeah, I did that too. I trend set at that. Yes, what you you meant to that? You think for sure with with Isla or with or with who? Well, that's tough. Well, I'm sorry, but like no, you I'm know, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm but kidding. I'm saying, but when when did you start that? Well, I mean, yeah, I did that a lot with with Isla as well. But yeah. I mean, I think it's good because like one, I get 
a lot of rhythm out of it. Like they like literally don't miss. Yeah. Like I feel like with guys like they hit the ball obviously a lot bigger, but there's a lot more errors. But I feel like I put in more as well. Like I don't know why. Like maybe I'm just like crazy motivated when I'm hitting with a chick. But like I. You want to impress them. I feel like I don't need to do that. Like I feel. No, nah, no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, like maybe you're right. I don't yeah. know, but like I feel like if I'm hitting with a girl, I need to give her a good session, kind of thing. You know, yeah. like, geez, that sounds bad. Like, make sure you edit that. But um, I don't know. Like, I have my best sessions when I'm when I'm playing when I'm playing with girls. So you should do more often. And there's a lot of combined events you could. Yeah, I know, but like Sloan was saying, she's never hit with a guy because no one's ever asked her. So you want to hit with Sloan? I mean, she's good. I would yeah, love. That'd be, be hard. No, she's unbelievable. Yeah. She's. I think she's one of the best on tour for sure. Like, yeah. She's. But like again, like. These people always with their teams. Like I got, no, I don't really have like a team. Like these are my like, he's my agent, but he's like one of my best friends. Yeah. Like these people have like huge teams. He can talk to Sony. He can make a first move. You know. Nah, she's flipping she's out in her locker. Like you want to practice with the Nick circle? Yes or no? She's happily engaged. I'd rather. Than I'm not <laughs> saying that, but I'm saying you know. I'm just kidding. But you know, you but you, but you yeah. I feel like you don't strike me as someone who's shy. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Um. No, nah, for sure. I'm always open to it. If they want to hit, then I'm down. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Like I'm hitting with the same people all the time. You know, I think hitting with girls is good. Last sort of thing I wanted to do. There's a YouTube show I'm sure you haven't seen called like Look at Her, where they have a where they just show you pictures of somebody and you talk about the person. And okay. obviously this is an audio medium, so we're not gonna have pictures. But I'm just giving you yeah. sort of rapid fire. I'll throw out a name. Like full honest answers or what? Full honest answers. Like Jesus. I feel like you've been doing the whole time. I feel like you're pretty good. Yeah, I've been honest. I've been completely honest with you right now. But like they're like I have some strong opinions about some people. Well, let's start off with an easy one. Hopefully. Okay. Kalkanakis. Uh, Oh, he's my brother. I, yeah. I, I, I think, um, you know, the way his career's gone is like, it's so unfortunate for me because like I grew up with him playing under 12s, then 14s, 16s, 18s, and then like we were kind of coming through together and then like, I mean, the, the luck he's had with his body is so unfortunate. Like, it's insane. Like, he's in Belgrade now, I think, like rehabbing and... Is it Tsarovic's place? I think Maybe? so, yeah. I think so. And like, he's torn his pec like three or four times and it's just, it's tough to see because like, He's, a, he's, he's really good, like, he's got a good forehand, big serve, and I think, you know, he showed that when he beat, when he beat Federer one year in Miami, and, yeah. like, that's just, like, scraping the surface, you know, imagine if he was healthy and all that, so. And then you liked the Verdasco match after that one, too, remember oh, that? Verdasco drives me nuts, man, like, that guy, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it, like, it gets me so vexed, like, I'm angry now that Wh I just hear that name. Why? Right. He's the most arrogant person ever. Okay. Like, he doesn't say hello, he thinks he's so good, he thinks he's God's gift, like, dude, your backhand's pretty average, and, like, let's be honest, like, you hit a ball in that, but, like, Guys like that, they drive me insane. Like, there's no humility there. There's no perspective. It's just like I'm here. Like, I'm so cool. Like, I'm I'm unbelievable because they're boy than that. Like, do this for me. Do this for me. Like, I won't say hello to you. Like, I'm too important. Like, guys like that. So, see how angry I'm getting? Yeah. It kills me. Like, is that is that the is that the exception or the rule? I mean, like, are most people in tennis look like, have not, egos that, that you find tough? Because there, we talk about there being a lot of egos in the sport. For sure, but like, you can still be like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just speaking for myself, but like. He he just he just he okay. just rubs me the wrong way. We get to the next name. Uh, another one that you should like, Andy Murray. I'm just I'm sad. Like genuinely, like I just think I'm going to this like wounded people first. I shouldn't start off with these like down. <laughs> Sorry. But like I'm just genuinely sad. Like for me, like he's. I mean, I feel like his career has been like I feel. I always tell him like I think his record against Djokovic is like embarrassing. Like I've told him, <laughs> I've told him to his. Because you're two and zero against him, right? Well, not against just Djokovic. That. Yeah. Not just that. Yeah, I am, but not just that. It's the fact that like I feel like he's so much better like than than Novak. Like I've played them both. I feel like Andy returns better. I feel like he's harder to play against. Like I feel like he serves better. And I'm just like, how have you like? I've told him like you you should have won like so many more Grand Slams. But again, like he's done it. And like it brings up questions about the other like three guys like I think Murray did it at the top of the sport for four or five years and his body's absolutely ruined like yeah. I don't know how these guys at the top 
are doing it. <laughs> but um, with Murray, like, you know, he would have ticked all the boxes. But, like, it's just sad. Like, it sucks not seeing him around here. You know, he was always, like, a guy that wanted to, like, in the locker room, he was the best. He was always having bands. Like, everyone was super friendly with him. But he also had an opinion of some people too, and he wasn't afraid to say things as well, which yeah. I, which I liked. But he was just a lot of fun, and I just think the sport lost a good one there. He was on a good he, one. He thinks he's coming back. I mean, he's not all past tense. Maybe, I know. Maybe. And, and again, when he's back, it doesn't matter about the results. Like, pe- you know what people are like? They're gonna be like, "Oh, he's not the same." Like, it's not about that. It's just seeing him back is like what's important, and seeing yeah. him happy. But again, people are gonna be like, "Oh, he's not the same person." You may as well just stop, like all that bullshit. So, so what, when um, you're when you talk about you being having a better record against Djokovic than Murray does, you mentioned earlier about like how to play people on how to get under their skin. And I'm curious, maybe if you think you get under Djokovic's skin in a way, and just like sort of, I don't want to say like offend, but like get him upset in a way that Murray doesn't, just because because of all the things I mentioned before about your u- uniqueness. For sure, well, I and think how Murray, conscious you're that you you are of that as sort of a weapon on the court. Yeah, I'm very Asset. I'm conscious of that for sure. But I feel like against Murray, you can't like junk ball him and you can't like slice and drop shot and stuff. Like he knows kind of that's just garbage he knows how to like counter that but I feel like Djokovic doesn't really know what to do like for instance when I played Medvedev today like if you keep him just like playing ping pong tennis he's not going to miss a ball like oh, yeah. I watched him I watched Medvedev play Djokovic and was it Monte Carlo I think when um, he beat yeah. yeah and he literally was not missing a ball he's a backboard yeah yeah and I'm just like you got to bring these guys forward like you got to kind of make it like mini tennis almost like yeah. play with your hands and like actually like just take the racket out of the hand but I just feel Murray like if I was his coach, he would have won more games than for sure. <laughs> People have talked about him coaching you. Would you would you want that? Or could you do you think that I'm a little bit uncoachable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't listen well. Okay. Next name, I'll, I'll stick with sort of big four guys. I'll go to Federer next. We haven't talked about Federer much. No, he, for, the first thing that comes to mind is the greatest of all time for me. Like I feel like his talent level is like it's off the charts. Like I watched him I did a bit of commentating down the Australian Open this year and I was watching him play and play Fritz and like his movement and his just preparation and he's, the way he like reads the game is like it's second to none like seriously he's so talented and I kind of feel like a lot of guys kind of model their game around him like I think Tsitsipas has for sure modeled his game around yeah. him. Dimitrov's literally like a mirror version and I just feel like he for anyone who wants to play sport they just want to be like Federer like no. even me like I couldn't play any different but the way I like kind of like slice and like I imitate his serve. Like everyone, kind of wants a little bit of Roger in their game. You know, he's so talented. He's for sure the best. Uh, go to Nadal next. Um, <laughs> mm, this is dangerous, but I don't know. I just—he's my polar opposite. Yeah. Like literally, my polar opposite. And I don't like, and he's super salty. Like every time I beat him, he always—when he wins, it's like, it's—it's it's fine. You know, he won't say anything bad. Like he'll credit the opponent. Like he competed well today. He was a great player. But then as soon as, as soon as I beat him, it's just like. He has no respect for me, like my fans, like, and I'm like, and no respect to the game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I literally played this way when I beat you the other previous times and nothing changed. Like, nothing changed. When you beat me in Rome here a couple years ago, nothing changed. I was the same person. And then, like... You think it's that thing that I was saying before, like, because of what the visible effort you put in and don't put in, like, it offends people when maybe, you beat them. But because again, because like, he's, like, he's, like, his whole thing is, like, I work so hard all the time. I understand that, but you can't... I feel like it, it just makes you look like... It just doesn't... It's not a good look for you, I feel okay. like. he's just. And then Uncle Tony came out saying, like, he lacks education. I'm like, bro, I did 12 years at school, you idiot. Like, I'm very educated, like... And, like, I understand, like, you're upset that I beat your family again. But, like... I'm not going to be the same as, like, Nadal. Like, I'm no. so different. Like, we do things differently. Why can't we just accept that? Like, you know what you're walking into when we walk out there. Like, don't wait till you lose a match to say, like, things. Because 
when I say something after I play him, like it's not going to get noticed as much. But when he says something, it's like that's the only thing that matters. Like they're like, oh yeah, because he so rarely says things. Correct. Like that. And yeah. then everyone's like, oh yeah, he must be right. Like this guy must lack education. He must like lack respect. And then like, and you're asking me like, why I do things like, and why like I like go back at fans in the crowd. And that's why because I'm just like these guys show me no respect. Do you know what I mean? Like none. So like, why would I show you respect? For instance, like when I'm tanking matches, like I don't care that you paid for tickets. Like <laughs> you guys treat me like 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 crap anyway. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Anyway, those Rafa gets me vexed as well. Spanish thing? Is it like the Spanish ethos? I'm seeing a pattern of two people. Well, I love I love Feliciano Lopez. Okay, he's a great guy. Um, Carla. Carla Suarez Navarro, unbelievable oh. person. Love her. Oh, she's great. Yeah, everyone yeah. loves Carla. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, who else? She's practiced with her. I want to play mixed doubles with her too. Yeah. Um, How did you get to know her? I think I just we just became super friendly. Like. I guess just on tour, like always saying hello, like and just like conversation. She's friendly with everybody. Yeah, she's, she's like that awesome. kind of person. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah I thought. Well, say, yeah, yeah. You're not special. That's so basically what I mean there. Wow. You know. Wow. You should have gotten that by a minute forty, whatever that I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, last one's Djokovic. I just feel like he has like a sick obsession wanting to be liked. Like he just wants to be like Roger or like. I, I feel like he, for me personally, like I, I don't care right now. Like I've come this far. I feel like he just wants to be liked so much that I just can't stand him. Like this whole celebration thing that he does after the match. You're, like doing, the, you're doing the boob throw thing. It's yeah. like so cringeworthy. Okay. Like a, it's very cringeworthy. Um, he's an unbelievable, like he's a champion of the sport. Like one of the greatest we'll ever see. He probably will, honestly, I think he will get the Grand Slam count. I think he will overpass Federer. I think there's going to be a time, I was talking to somebody where like Federer and Nadal think are going to retire before Djokovic. Yeah. And Djokovic will have a time where he's sort of the last of the big three or four For left. Sure. And I think then, I think he'll start to get some of the public because they'll be like, oh, this guy was here the whole time and look, he's won whatever high number of slams. And I think he'll kind of feel like a better life than ever. I don't know. I see him getting embraced in the future when there's no one, when the other guys aren't there in a way that he hasn't been able to before. So I don't know. I see like for him sort of a happy, and I just, I told, sort of told you, I'm sure people are already talking about like whatever just happened with me and him in the press conference. But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. I completely agree that he doesn't yeah. want to be and that's what he was getting upset about in the press conference was that he thought I was being unfairly blaming him for things and he doesn't want to ever look like the bad guy yeah that's so, what I mean like yeah. we're talking about a guy who like pulled out of the Australian Open one year because it was too hot like you know he, he did oh, that weapon, one and young, I'm just yeah. like yeah. and like I don't know like was it against Roddick, that one? I, I don't know, but yeah. no matter how many Grand Slams he wins, like, he will never be the greatest for me. Like, simply okay. because I've played him twice, and, like, I'm sorry, but if you can't beat me, like, <laughs> you're not the greatest of all time. Because, like, if you, like, look at my day-to-day routine and how much I train and how much I put in, like, it's zero compared to him. And, like, for me, like, Federer will always be the greatest of all time, like, hands down. Like, what he's done on all surfaces, what Rafa's done as, as well is pretty scary. Like, I know he's won, like, how many Roland Garros is maybe 11 or whatever. No. But, like, he adapted his game to to grass as well which is pretty crazy but I don't know Djokovic just again like just rubs me the wrong way like always says what feels like he needs to say never speaks his opinion like okay. I don't know that doesn't sound entirely wrong just based on my last exchange with him yeah, like, um, I don't know I, I, yeah I don't think he's a bad guy but I do think he's like afra- yeah. afraid of no, for putting sure. himself guys, out there these guys are, they're not bad guys no. but like again they're just like he, he, him especially I feel like it's, it's the celebration just kills me. Every time he does a celebration, it just kills me. That's like, why you keep beating him so he never gets to do it against you, right? Celebration? I, honestly, if, if I... If that's what I'm doing next time. If I play him and I beat him, I'm doing his celebration in front okay. of him. That would be hilarious. Fair. Right? I, I, I would... People would notice. People no, would notice. don't. Say the true answer. You'd love to see it. I, I would be amused. I'm smiling. <laughs> I, would be, I would be amused. Like, I always... Like, you know, like I, like, I like the sport because it's head-to-head. It creates conflict with people. Yeah. It puts people. It's sort of like a combat sport from like a distance. Yeah, true. You yeah, know, no like contact. It's, exactly. It's like a no contact combat sport. For sure. And you know, and so seeing people 
get, you know, best each other, you know, yeah, there's like, there, you enjoy victories and you see like matches that have been salty and wait for the handshake to see what that's like. And then and, like, you know, tweet later saying, oh, what an unbelievable battle that was. Like, <laughs> I hate that stuff. Like, I hate on social media when people like post like, like, all the time, like with like, the greats especially, like, especially Rafa and like Djokovic, like, the guy who loses will always post after saying, oh, what an unbelievable bet it was. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, it just makes me like, it's like, why? Why was it unbelievable? Like, why? What, what, what's, so, what's so different about it? You know what yeah. I mean? But anyway, it's never uh, going to change. One more I'll do. Um, I mentioned, you mentioned, mentioned earlier in the context of the letter, but Vavrinka. And obviously, and obviously you two had your thing in Canada years yeah. ago. I don't know. And you seem relatively okay now. I, I'm, I'm curious, like, how, what happened after that? Like, was there like a... Did you guys ever talk about that? Did it ever get hashed out or no? Is it still there was a lot out of, there? There was a lot of, obviously, like... And even immediate aftermath. Like, what happened, like, that night? <laughs> well, this is hilarious, because, like... There was a bit of a story beforehand. Like, so I okay. played him at Queens, right? And, like, I was a little sick. Like, I was genuinely, oh, I like, this, a little yeah. bit sick. And then in the press, press, I was like, yeah, like, he just won French Open. Like, he's an unbelievable player. But, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling great today. Like, you know, my, my performance was definitely hurting from, you know, me being sick. And then... He went in the press and was just like, just blew me up. He was like, this guy like talks a lot, like can't just take a loss. And I'm like, straight from then, I was like, wow, this guy's like a bit of a like, anyways, whatever. I actually don't mind him now. Like I actually don't, like when I see him, I always say hello. I was going to say, that seems to be yeah. cool. I actually now. don't mind him now. And then, um, and then like when I played him in Montreal, like he was always staring at me on change of hands. And I was like, why are you staring at me? And then like I hit a drop shot and he tried to go for my head. So then straight away, I'm just like, all right, like what, I don't know what this guy's problem is with me. And then when I said what I said, I don't need yeah. to repeat it. Like, I could, everyone, everyone should know. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I feel like it just came out. Like I was just like one of my best mates. Like obviously, whatever. I don't need to repeat you it. You don't but need like, to repeat it again. No, I know, that's but not like, what, what I'm saying is like, I feel like in like in basketball or anything like that, like trash talk like that is very okay. But obviously, like in tennis, like no one in the history of sport has ever said it like that with the social media with the mics. So like, yeah. I'm the first person who would have said it like that, and it blew up. Obviously, I didn't even realize it was that bad at the time. Like I was just competing, and I was just like, it was like normal trash talk. Like, how, how do you look back on it now? Now that you're older, I think it's hilarious. You think it's hilarious still? Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Okay. Have you ever talked to Donna about it? Because she was involved no. in it too. She was sort of like the one well, who got well, never more or less name. like. People knew who you were talking about. That's not like no, the defense. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, obviously, I look back and I'm thinking like, back then I was so young. Like that's yeah. when I, I was just very immature. Like now I'm not saying I'm mature, but I was just so young. Like back then, you know. And I would never do something like that now because like I'm so? very aware with like the microphones and all that. Obviously from past times, but I was just so young back then. Like I think it's hilarious now, but I just I would never do it what again. Did you, did you feel like you learned from that? Not just not to get caught, but just like do you feel like you feel do you feel like you crossed the line there? Honestly, I don't think I did okay. because if I'm playing basketball and, and I do play basketball this day, like that sort of stuff's fine. Like you try and get, like I'm not trying to be your friend out there, like, and I'm not your friend off the court anyway. So I'm not under. If I can get something to get under your skin, then I'm using it straight away. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it again to anyone around here. No. Do you have an idea, like, if you look at the rankings, how to get under like every guy's skin? No, I don't, I don't actually like have like a plan on how I'm gonna play. You know, the burn book or whatever, just no. ready, ready to pull to. No, but like I feel like. Tennis is the only thing I do in my life. Like, I feel like I'm actually a bit of a genius, like, on the court. Like, I feel like it's... I've been playing... Judy Murray called you a genius. But, like, I've been playing for so long. Like, I haven't had a coach in a while. Like, and I'm, I'm beating top players. Like, I know how to play people. Like, I know how, what their weaknesses are. Like, it's the only thing I do. Like, so I'm actually quite smart in this game. Yeah. So, like, I know... Like, I don't have a burn book and I don't, but, like... But that's, again, you say you're a genius and you, you know, talk about this and all that rings true to me. But then you say that you don't like it or love it and well, I feel I like those, like those are like hard, I guess I guess you can be like a torture genius from that 
If you're like, well, you're just because like I know how to beat someone doesn't mean I love the sport. You don't enjoy. Do you like enjoy like that match game? Were, were you like enjoying that? Like, is that guys, I wasn't enjoying the second set when I was losing. Okay, no. well, you also hit a break. No, a, a underhand serve at like thirty all and got broken. It was uh, no, it was today was fun just because yeah. I feel like the whole atmosphere of the match was fun. The way I was like playing was fun. But I mean, as soon as that finishes, like, I mean, yeah, it was today was a good day. Like, it's a very rare, it's very rare for me to have days like this. Yeah. Well, it was a very good day for me talking to you here. <laughs> anything else? You, anything else you want to add before, before I let you go? Sign off here. I mean, I'm sure it's not the, the last time we're going to be doing this, so we'll save it. Right. Maybe we can talk about some more, more, uh, more cheeky things if you want. That sounds good. I look forward to it. We'll right. we'll continue our uh, beef till that's been it's still still going to keep people beef. interested There's i know at all but we just say it we'll say it we'll say it we're still beefing yeah. officially the beef has been off for these okay so I'll, many I'll just i'll just give you a quick punch just outside the cafe so yeah there you go set, set it back on track. <laughs> all right thanks so nick. thank you nick and thank you guys for listening to that episode hope you enjoyed it if you want to follow along with ncr when you're not listening you can follow us on twitter ncr underscore tenants is our handle there send us emails no challenges remaining at gmail.com and Follow us, subscribe to us on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Leave us reviews. We like all that stuff. Standard podcast stuff. And we will see you sometime in the future. Ciao. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people.